0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into
1: Contact Talk Radio.
2: And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile.
1: Contact Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta.
1: There is just one reality. Haven't we always known that has to be true? But throughout modern history, we've accepted the notion that both science and Christianity were telling us some version of the truth. We're coming down to realize neither has it right, but each has a perspective that lets us get a little closer to understanding the one reality that neither of them really comprehends. Both are belief systems, but when we get beyond belief systems and approach the study of reality open-mindedly, we begin to see a genuine reality more wonderful than our most optimistic imaginings, and its greatest fruit is the certainty that you are an eternal being. You never began, you never will end. Really knowing that changes everything. Our guest this week on Seek Reality is Irma Slage. She'll be presenting at the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies Conference July 10th to the 13th in 2014. The theme of that conference is new developments in afterlife communications, and wow, there are some new developments. Irma has a lot to tell us about communicating with the dead, or the people we used to think were dead, but her main topic at the conference will be something that really interests me, automatic writing. Welcome, Irma
2: thank you it's so nice to be here <laughs> um
1: we're, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this, but first, tell me a little bit about your history um, tell uh, uh, who, who's Irma and where did how did you get started doing this work <sighs>
2: Well, um, think of me as just a uh, a young mother of two, uh, and uh, and my husband is uh, out to work, um, and I'm working from the home. Um, and um, one day I was cleaning, and all of a sudden a friend of mine, uh, whose name is Rose, um, came to see me. Um, and she was, a, and she was a friend and a neighbor, and I thought she was in her house, um, healthy and happy. But it turned out she had died suddenly, and um, and I saw her as plain as I see the hand uh, that's in front of my eyes, wow. and exactly <laughs> that moment, <laughs> I knew that it changed my life completely. Wow, you, you did So what do I do with that? Th- you didn't
1: know you had that ability? This was the first time it ever happened?
2: Well, I never had anybody who who I knew who died. Uh, to know that the voices in my head and the people I'm seeing is something that not everybody does.
1: Oh.
2: So I'm, I was very, very young. Um, so I went and told my mother. <laughs> and I said, Mom, this is what happened. And she was very interested because she said... I saw her first and then um, found out that she died when she told me to call her husband.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah, so that's how I found out. Otherwise, how would I know? I wouldn't. So, so you
1: were having, you were seeing people and having voices in your head, and you thought that was just life, that was normal life.
2: Yeah, I thought everybody did it.
1: Yeah. I never
2: wow. thought it was different. I never even thought of it at all. <laughs> You're, this
1: is This is the kind of thing I should just say for people that sometimes happens. I mean, we have our own reality, right each of us does, and we don 't really know how it feels to be inside someone else 's head uh, and Then when something like this happens that gives you external validation that something extraordinary is going on, it really is life shaking life changing um, but that's
2: that 's exciting what did you do? What did you do after that? Well, you wouldn't walk up to somebody and say, "Do you breathe?" You just assume they do. Yeah,
1: yeah right, right.
2: That's I right. the same thing. Well,
1: that's interesting. So, what 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 happened then? You had this new ability you didn't even know other people didn't have.
2: Well, then I started talking to Rose, and she started to uh, give me information to help her five children. She would tell me where things are. I never had to look for anything anymore. She told me where they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was just, we just had a bond for a couple of months and then she had to move on. Uh, but then after that, you know, I, I realized I was talking to other people, uh, from the spirit world and giving messages to other people until the day my mother died. Now there was another change and, an, and, and another new reality for me, uh, my own mother passed on, um, which changes your life forever. Yes, I sat down to write my aunt a letter, and while I'm writing her a letter, all of a sudden I began to write the capital letter G over and over again on the piece of paper. But the capital letter G wasn't the way I would write it. It was more artistic writing. Mine is plain. So I stuck the piece of paper in my pocket, Went to help my father in his kitchen. There's a cork board on the wall where my mother would write on it. And for some reason, I took the piece of paper out and matched it up. And it was a perfect match to my mother's handwriting.
1: Wow. Wow, so, that's interesting. Okay, so, so you were doing autom- an automatic writing G. She was showing you that she could communicate through your writing.
2: Yes. Wow. But you screamed to your husband, "Come on for validation!" As you spoke about the validation (laughs) part, and he, uh, reluctantly, he said, "Yes, it looks like the same G." (laughs) Then, of course, I came home and I started writing with my mother.
1: That is so. So she was. She would just you would sit down, you would have the pen in your hand, and put it to paper, and it would start moving.
2: And it would start moving, yes, and um, and it, it scribbles, it's not a, it, it, it just scribbles because there's so much they want to say in a short time, all the words are together, um, it's just scribbling and you, somehow you can decipher it and read it and after a while it just seems normal. <laughs> and then after that I could communi- I found I could communicate with other people and then uh people would call me or come over and say I want to talk to my aunt I want to talk to my deceased wife I- and then I got validation there too because I don't know these people and uh, then they said oh yes that's absolutely how she would say it and what she would say because we ha- we all have our own characteristics
1: Well sure but so, so let's talk about that process. Someone calls you and says, I hear you can communicate with the dead by, by automatic writing. Um, I want to talk to my wife. Uh, can I come over? And you say yes. And they walk in and sit down and you pick up the pen. How did you, I mean, obviously you can't phone them up. How did you, how did you let the wife know, or did the wife just come through because he was sitting there?
2: It it's, um, it it's the same thing. It, it, what happened was I evolved from that into what I do today, which is readings for people, and I don't do automatic writing all the time. Now I hear the words in my head, and I just say them out loud. But at the time, they would come, and they would sit down, and they would ask a question, and I'd say, okay, give me a minute, and I would write it out, and then I would um, repeat or, or tell them the answer, and they would and then they would say yes that's the way she would say it and then they'd ask another question to the deceased person and uh i could feel the person behind me i could feel someone holding my hand um, but that doesn't always happen with everybody um, mostly they don't feel that mostly they just get a message now, of course, I don't have to do automatic writing all the time. It evolved into where I just get the messages and repeat them. And I do that all the time all over the world. So how? It's a, the spirits can come anywhere, obviously. <laughs> They're very mobile. And uh, they come to my house. They stand next to me, and they give me messages for people.
1: Alright, so, so, um, this is, there's a lot here to digest. Um, if I'm skeptical or if I'm just really curious, uh, there's a lot I want to know. Um, w- did you ever show people the handwriting? Just way back in the beginning when you had these, someone came to the house, wanted to talk to his wife, and you said, uh, okay, give me a minute, and you wrote something out. Did they ever look over your shoulder and say, yeah, that's her handwriting? Was it to that extent?
2: Um, Not somebody else's. My mother, to me, yes, but somebody else's would not be the same handwriting. It would be scribbling. Um, The message would be loud and clear as to the words and the meanings, um, but the actual writing is actually hard to read in some ways. It's funny, you know, uh, I pick it up and I don't see it as scribbling anymore. And yet I don't do it by hand anymore either. I do it, if I want to give someone a message today, uh, I would use automatic writing and just use the typewriter. So it, yeah, it, it I, does it, oh. it, That
1: strikes me as a better way to do it, with the, especially since my handwriting is so awful, especially if they push all the words together, which I gather they do in your case, and I've heard they do in other cases. No, don't really lift the pen. Um, I would think typewriter would make it easier to decipher what you would just written.
2: Well, the most important part on that one is if someone loses their husband, say, and they want a message, I could sit down to the typewriter, uh, I could type it out, um, and I could send it to them, and then they print it, or I print it and send it by mail sometimes, and then they can read it over and over and over again. It's not like just a message
1: yeah. okay, more yeah.
2: a letter that you have actually in your hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. So, alright, so, so you're able to do automatic writing, you're still that young person, you've just really discovered you've got this ability. One of the things that I've worried about, and one of the reasons I've never tried this myself, although I have no, no psychic ability, no reason to believe at all that I would be able to do it, but it fascinates me that people can do it, I've worried that a negative entity could come through because there you are, a beacon saying, if you're a spirit, I'm able to give you expression. Did you ever get people you didn't intend to get coming through
2: you? well there's uh well after doing this for 35 years uh I wish I could say no to that question but I can uh but what I do have is a way of protecting myself uh you put light around yourself you ask your guides for help um there's there's a whole lot of different ways. Plus, uh, I, when I was scared of that too, and I believe me, it came to my mind at first. Um, I said to them, "Well, uh, you know, I'm worried about that," and they said, "Don't," because um, we do not like to hang out with people who don't have same same interests. For instance, I wouldn't be having, a, um, say, a conversation or um, a relationship with someone who robs banks. I'm just interested in that. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone is a a really bad person and they come to see me, um, they're not going to find a bad person or anybody who has any interest in them. And then I have guides to pull them away from me.
1: So, so seems- your guides are interfering uh, in their coming coming through to you when when they are not appropriate. They're not the people you should be communicating with.
2: Yes, my guides will step in and they will say, "No, you can't talk to her." And okay. it's happens. Because I also clear out houses. There are houses that have really bad entities in them, or they have. We have houses that hold energy from people who who have died in terrible ways, um, and who have maybe bad lives or whatever they would have, whatever their story is. It's not a good one, and they haunt the house where they lived. And I go in there and I tell them that they have to leave. And believe me, a lot of them don't want to go. They're not nice people, slash spirits. They're just not good people. So I need my guides to help protect me and help clear them out. And well, sometimes this is, this is a, lot a whole of work. Other
1: thing, which I didn't even know you did. How interesting.
2: Yeah, I do it for realtors, too. You know, if a house doesn't sell, I've gone in and cleared it, and, it, and all of a sudden it sold the next day or the next two days. Just There's from the bad feelings energy. in the
1: house. There, were, there was a bad energy there. People could kind of sense it, even if they maybe didn't realize that's what they were sensing.
2: Exactly. They walk in a house and say, this doesn't feel good to me. Or they walk in the house and they say, this feels good to me. This is my home. This is the one I want. You know, you've heard that, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so, um, you know, the entities in the house sometimes have to be cleared. The energy has to be cleared. A lot of people, too, are um, passing away in their own homes.
1: Yeah, and and they're just sticking around there, then?
2: And then they stick around there, and um, sometimes they're good people, sometimes they're not. Uh, it all depends on what they went through in life and who they were, because you take yourself with you to the other side.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, so let, let's talk about that for a minute because I find that really interesting. Um, when, when you go into a house, do they speak to you? Do they recognize that you can? You're aware of them. Do you do you just feel an, a, a negative energy, or do you feel the actual entity and and recognize an entity? What 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 are you feeling when you go into a house like that?
2: Well, um, remember too, I'm doing this all over the world, so I do it remotely. I actually will. Oh um, my lord! I know. I leave my body and I go over to the house and I walk in, uh, and I and if it's really really bad, I will uh, leave <laughs> and say, "Listen, guys, it's up to you." <laughs> And
1: and so your guides will step in and do it then
2: oh yes, because they have the power to do it more so than i do uh, i 'm asking them for help all the time
1: oh, that is so interesting well this, this this is turning out to be very amusing for me, Irma. I have to tell you all these uh, all, all these concepts. Although I read about them, although I hear about them, I've really not known anyone who did this particular kind of work, so I'm very excited to hear more. Um, meanwhile, you're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the fascinating Irma Slade, and we'll be right back.
0: If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th annual conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying find out what really happens next roberta's book is cliff notes to 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence it will show you why extinction is impossible for you explain how you can enjoy the death process and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all available on amazon in kindle and in print The fun of dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you'd like to talk about some of the things that are discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the welcoming community at AfterlifeForums.com. Roberta and Andrew manage Afterlife Forums in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. If you are very ill, if you have lost a loved one, or if you just wonder about these topics, come and join the fun at afterlifeforums.com.
1: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Um, we're talking with Irma Slage, who discovered as a young woman that, she had, that, that the people she was sort of hearing from in her mind and the people she was seeing, other people were not hearing from and seeing, and she had tremendous latent psychic abilities, abilities to hear from and speak to people who were uh, not in bodies uh, in, in her mind. And she's developed that into a, a remarkable set of talents. Um, we've talked about automatic writing. We'll come back to that. But now what we're talking about is um, the fact that she's able to perceive negative entities in houses and, and get those people to leave. Tell me more about that process. Now, a, 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 the fact that you can do it out of body um, or, or at a distance shouldn't, confuse anyone who has been listening to seek reality because we know that there's no such thing as size or distance space and time are subjective they're not objectively real um, it, it's possible to have a medium from across the world talk to you by phone and be talking to your dead loved ones as if they're there in the room with you so th- this is not new to us but What's new to me, I guess, is that this this is a talent you would be using at a distance. Um, you 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 go into trance or something, and you go out of body to uh, go to a house physically. Do you do that, or physic- non physically in your in your uh, etheric body? You do that?
2: Yes, but I don't go into a trance. I don't feel uh, I'm ever in a trance. I feel I'm very relaxed. Um, so what I do, um, uh, and, and here's verification. Um, I went into a house, and, and this, is, uh, this is typical. I go into a house. Let's say it's uh, physically go in. My husband has his camera, and he's taking pictures. I say to him, this room is filled with spirits that i got to get rid of. Take a picture. So he takes a picture, and in the picture you can see a lot of orbs, which are the energy of the spirits that are in the room. And right. then I do my thing and I close my eyes and I get very relaxed and I ask my guides to help me and uh, I, I pull a lot of energy into the room or I speak to the person directly, give them comfort, let them know they can pass on. Whatever I have to do, each one is individual as to the way I handle it. Then I tell my husband in about five or ten minutes to take another picture and there's no more orbs in the room. Now, I went on uh, NBC a couple times and went through the Winchester Mystery House. Um, And in that house, there's a lot of spirits. It's a well-known historic home. And um, all the spirits uh, that are in there are in the woman's room. uh, Sarah, who died, Sarah Winchester died in that home. And you could get a lot of orbs uh, in your pictures in that room. So now, they're is, it, is that
1: the room... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but to, just to clarify, is that the house where she was the heir to uh, the the Winchester rifle uh, of fortune? Is that that house? That's and, that house. And, and she, she kept, kept building wanted, on because if she stopped building, something bad would happen?
2: Well, she'd die. Well,
1: oh, and eventually, <laughs> yeah. of course, she had to die anyway. So even though those people were not killed in that house... They still went to the house?
2: No. Uh, What it is is Sarah Winchester died in that house, so when I go to the house anyway, she's there waiting for me to show me around and tell me some stories. Um, The builders uh, lived as much in that house as she did. And so there are builders there and there's the foreman and there's, oh. it always seems to be a lot of noise of uh, sawing and hammering and everything has to do with keeping the house going.
1: Isn't that funny? Oh my goodness. I never knew that about that house. Um, this this woman believed that she she felt very guilty about the fact that she was rich because of a gun fortune. And she came to believe that as long as she kept building that house, and it's, it's apparently full of hundreds of rooms or a lot of rooms, um, she, she would, she would survive and she'd be okay as long as she kept building. She was like trying to k- get away from this heritage. So you're telling me that, that it, it, they're all still there. They don't want to leave. She won't, she doesn't want to leave.
2: Well, she's com- she was comfortable there. She liked it there, and um, and you can come and go. It's not like today where we have to hop on a bus or or a plane and go somewhere and and make reservations and all that kind of thing. All you do is you say, "Well, oh, I think I'll go over to the house today and check it out."
1: <laughs> so, so she has she has fully transitioned, but she just visits it every so often.
2: Oh, absolutely. That was her home. Um, that was her home away from home, you could say, at this point, uh, where she would go and she would feel comfortable there.
1: Well, isn't that amusing? I didn't know about that, That about the Winchester house. Um, but So you're not clearing spirits there. You're visiting and going through and sort of letting people know what, what the spirits are doing there.
2: And what they're saying uh, to the to the general public, and um, going through the rooms and and showing different things, yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting. Um, but mostly, it's just you know normal people like you and me who move into a house and they happen to get a spirit who doesn't want to leave possibly, and wants to make trouble for them so that the uh, person who's in the house wants to leave, or they don't want the house sold, or whatever they may want, whatever their mission is, and um, that can't happen. I've got to go in and, and make sure that they find comfort and move on. So
1: do they know they're dead, or do they not, not know that?
2: Uh, they, most of them are very aware that they're not alive. Isn't
1: that interesting?
2: Yeah. They
1: still want to inhabit the house, though, even though, are they afraid to go on?
2: You know, you and I uh, feel weird about that because if you have a whole spirit world open to you, why would you want to stay? Yeah. They feel they have the power uh, over people, and they like that. Some people like to have power over other people. That's the only Uh, thing I could get out of it.
1: Oh, isn't that interesting?
2: Yeah, it's a simple explanation, and it may not be entirely the story, but um, that's that's what I got out of it. So I've had them cross their arms over and say, "I'm not leaving."
1: <laughs> oh, isn't that funny?
2: <laughs> I know they're funny.
1: So, so, um, but have they fully transitioned, and they're just back to kind of make trouble, or are they stuck?
2: They're not really stuck, they're stuck by design. They want to be there and they want to make trouble. Oh my goodness then you have the people who aren't like that. You have the wonderful people who are there. Uh, I've gone through the USS Hornet, uh, which is loaded with spirits. And there was a really uh, long hallway, and the hallway was very dark. There was, n- 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 And there were two men behind me, my husband and the man who, who I was giving the tour to uh, psychically. And um, down this hallway, I was afraid. It was so dark. I would hit the sides or whatever. I felt... A spirit arm on each side of me of military men, and they were saying, Don't worry, you'll be okay. And they wouldn't let me hit the wall. They wouldn't let me miss the end of the hallway. Oh, how interesting.
1: So, so, So they're there. Irma, tell us the story of the hornet, because I've heard the name, but I don't remember why.
2: What's the story of the hornet? Yeah, the USS Hornet was um, uh, big in the military. It was uh, used in war for many, many, many years, and uh, they signed papers on it. It's a historic ship. Okay, and, and
1: is, it, is it being displayed now? Is that why you would be there?
2: Yes, it's being okay. displayed, and, and um, they have kids stay overnight. They have military uh, people who are there, which I was excited to meet um and the people who take uh the tu- uh, people on the tours are um uh, military men from the past
1: and they have so, fully transitioned but they're back because this is a place they really like and they're happy to show people around basically psychically that's, that's it. Happened. oh that's- how interesting i i didn't even know that people would do that as you say i think of The afterlife levels, the summerland levels, as so wonderful that I can't imagine anyone would want to bother with the earth level after that. But I guess I'm wrong. That's interesting that they would, they would want to do that for us.
2: Well, we, and, and also we have people that we still love down here, and maybe it's their love of that uh, ship that brings them back to uh To move people around and show them in that case it's love that brings them
1: okay um do you think that some of them are actually in the summerland, and an aspect of them is is here it's not the full entity but it's it's an it's a, a memory aspect or some aspect of that, or have you ever speculated about that what it is you're actually encountering?
2: Well yes that that could be too. When I go through home, sometimes the bad feelings and the bad energy can be from someone who lived there and is still alive, but the energy is still in the house in that case, walking down the hall, those spirits actually, I could feel them, and i I knew that they were each on each side of me helping me, so no, they were there really in spirit. Um, the one in the house that I'm talking about, actually, she was still alive, but her energy was in the, bad energy was in the house.
1: Because she had very bad experiences there?
2: No, because she gave bad experiences there. Oh. She oh, was not wow. a nice person.
1: Oh, how interesting. How did you know for sure that that was an aspect of a person who was still alive?
2: Because I could feel it, and I was getting information while I was doing it.
1: Isn't that fascinating? All right. Oh, my goodness. Um, have you ever found a house you, that you and or your guys could not clear of negative energies?
2: Uh, the worst house I ever had was one that's about 10 minutes from me. Um, that was a large mansion, uh, one-story uh, large, a very large building, um, and it, they made it into three apartments. And the apartment that held the living room um, and uh, bedroom area uh, was actually inhabited by a man that took me two months to get rid of him. And that was the hardest one I ever had. My goodness. Usually it takes me about a week. Sometimes uh, maybe it's immediate. Maybe they're just there waiting for someone to come to help them. But in this case, it took me two, two long months of getting feedback from the people and working to get rid of him. He was one tough cookie. Why was he,
1: why was he so bad? So do you know who he was?
2: I know who he was. Uh, he was the man who lived there um, who had a lot of money, and every time he did something wrong in life, he just paid off the cops. Uh, and I'm back to the 1900s, early 1900s.
1: Oh my goodness!
2: Oh, how, so <laughs> if he can do bad in that life and get away with it, he can do bad in this life and get a, in his spirit life and get away with it. But I find can't. that hard to believe
1: that he would be so unenlightened. Still, that's too bad for him. That's too bad.
2: Well, but, but, you know, it, it's a very complicated two worlds <laughs> that are out I, there.
1: I think that's a very important insight. Um, we tend to think of, because we're here, we're centered here, we tend to think of the world of spirit as somehow a reflection of this one. But that's not true at all. And you're, it's, you're right. It's immensely more complicated. Both that world and the ways in which that world interacts with this one are really almost beyond our ability to understand it, which is, which is why I find it so interesting to talk to you because you've had some experiences with that interface and have and have much to share with us about that. But it's very oh, yeah, complicated.
2: It's, yeah, it's very complicated. And the more I do this, uh, the more... Uh, I, just when I think I saw it all, something new comes up. Then I say, well, that's a new one on me. Oh.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And not necessarily a good one. Um, Probably a lot of the time. Uh, So, so is this what you do for a living? Someone who had an issue could contact you and say, "I need help clearing this house." Or, um, I do medium readings, or what do you do? What exactly is it that you do now?
2: Well, I do. I do everything. I do readings, I clear houses, um, I can give energy to parts of the body. Uh, I, I, I certainly can't cure cancer or anything like that, but when it's your time, it's your time. Uh, I've had to reconcile myself to that. Um, but I can, uh, you know, ha- send energy to people um, who say broke a leg or something like that. Uh, and I do readings, and I have families come who lost people um, to passing, and I give them comfort and messages from the deceased. Um, and then I answer any questions. Uh, I know it sounds funny, but we can I can talk to the living or the deceased. I also talk to pets um, who are living or deceased uh, and I, um, I I basically Allow people to ask me what they want, because then I know if I can do it if i if I'm asked. <laughs> it's a funny yeah. thing you don't know what you can do until you're asked
1: so so someone would contact you uh, but tell us now I w- we'll say this a few times. How would someone contact you who was curious or who felt they had a need that you could you could you could meet?
2: Well, they would either uh, send me an email uh, to irma Slades at gmail dot com. So that's
1: I-R-M-A-S-L-A-G-E at gmail.com.
2: Um, that's right. Um, if they're interested in automatic writing, uh, they could buy uh, my book, which is Phases of Life After Death, um, written in automatic writing, which I got information uh, about how it feels to die and what happens after you die and lessons in life uh, coming from spirits who know. Um, and it's short stories, and they can learn about that. And then my the second book uh, prepares you for, uh, it's a psychic encounters, a guide to having your own spirit contact. And you can um, find out about other people's experiences. And giving, I also give lectures and workshops. Um, uh, I give lectures about psychic abilities to different groups. Um, I also do parties. I go to people's houses, and we sit around and we talk. And the uh, psychic encounters helps you um, find different ways that you could have a psychic encounter, things like dreams or uh, just being aware of what's around you.
1: Well, this, is, this is fascinating. When we come back, uh, we'll talk more about automatic writing and uh, get, a, get a better sense of how perhaps Irma might be able to help you. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Please always remember that you are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. So learning the truth about reality is essential to living your best life. Our guest today is the fascinating Irma Slage, and we'll be right back.
0: When she was eight, Roberta Grimes had an amazing experience of light. She spent the next 50 years researching the afterlife to try and understand what had happened to her. And the result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. Roberta's book is cliff notes to 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence. It will show you why extinction is impossible for you, explain how you can enjoy the death process, and describe for you in wonderful detail the glorious heaven that awaits us all. Available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in print, The Fun of Dying will start you on a thrilling and life-affirming voyage as you learn the glorious truth about who you really are. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th annual conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information that's a s c s i org join them next july and be amazed
1: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Irma Slade, who has an extreme level of psychic ability. Everyone has talents, and talents are in ranges, and some people have more. I have, Irma and I are at two extremes. I have zero psychic ability, of which I'm aware, and she has apparently everything I would like to have gotten. So I'm so glad to have you with us, Irma. Let's talk more about, um, again, how people would reach you, that's Irma Slage, I-R-M-A-S-L-A-G-E, at gmail.com. You don't have a website?
2: Yes, I do. It's it's actually Irma Slage.com.
1: Okay, Irma Slage.com, no punctuation, I-R-M-A-S-L-A-G-E.com. If you if you go to her website, you'll learn more about what she could do. Um, she's on the West Coast. What town are you in?
2: I'm in Livermore, California. Okay, and- so... But you you
1: travel all over the place, though, right? I do. Okay. And she she is going to be one of the presenters at um, the um, Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies' 39th Annual Conference called New Developments in Afterlife Communication, uh, July 10th to 13th, 2014 in Scottsdale. Um, That's going to be a terrific conference. Uh, People... I, the reason I'd know you were good, Irma, even before we started talking and I came to understand all you could do, um, is that Craig Hogan picked you. Uh, the people he picked for this conference are an extraordinary bunch of very gifted people, proven in their fields, and, uh, it's going to be exciting. I can't, I wish I could, I wish it were sooner. I can't wait to go. Um, but let, let's talk more now about, um, the, the, the what what you can do for people psychically you you do regular readings um if i if someone i loved had died and i was looking for a medium you do that too
2: i do i do i, I it all depends on um on the circumstances, um, if you're if you're far away, we do it by uh, telephone. Uh, even India, you can get a card where I call the United States, and you pick up, and you're in India, um, Colombia, um, Canada. I mean, you know, any country. Um, and then uh, we just have a talk, and you uh, you talk to me as though you're talking to your beloved um, deceased person, and I give you messages from them, and and uh, as to what they want to tell you, and answer any questions. And um, my my reason for doing it is to bring you comfort, um, because it's an awfully hard thing when you lose somebody that you love.
1: Has there been a case when you couldn't uh, someone? called you and wanted or you you arranged to talk to someone by phone and you just couldn't get the person
2: It has not happened yet, really no no no, um, because my guides protect me, and they will go and get the answers um, sometimes it's not the answers that they want, like they tell you that on your kitchen table is a bowl of fruit <laughs> you know they're going to yeah. actually something that's really important to them. It's an emotional um, message.
1: So it might not be what they're looking for or what they hope to get. Um, We, you know, where's the will, Dad? Uh, It might be something else.
2: Well, I could give them a guidance of where the will would be, uh, and then they would go look for it, and they'd have to... um, It's always... For instance, I found the house I'm living in now... um, Instead of going with a realtor and trying to find it, I would have loved the address. Just give me the address, I'll knock on the door and say, my spirit guides told me to come here because this is the house I'm going to buy. But it never works out. We always have to put in legwork.
1: Yeah, I think it would be surprising to people who didn't know their house was for sale if you did that. (laughs) Not yet. They didn't realize yet they were about to put it on the market.
2: That means the timing is off, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'd
1: say. Yeah, because there is no objective time. I could imagine that happening very easily.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would have loved it. It would have saved me a lot of trouble. But it's not the way it works. We all have to put in work down here and, um, and move forward at our own time. That's right for us. Um, told you, have they told
1: you what your purpose is here? Um, you know, all, all of us are kind of looking for the reason we were born and, and what our purpose is. Have your guides talked to you about that?
2: You know, it, it, it's, it's a simple concept that I can see. It's relationships. So it, it, if you go in a store and someone looks uncomfortable or the, they, the lady behind the counter looks like she's having a hard day, at that moment your purpose could be to just be there to give her a smile and a kind word. It's very simple. It, it's so simple that people lose track how simple it can be. What is yeah. your purpose? Be a large one, it might be just to help that woman for that moment in time.
1: So as you see things, all of the events that happen in our lives are calls, perhaps could be calls for action from us. Um, even little things are calls for us to show love, um, give a little help.:
2: That's They tell how... me that this gift is understanding.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. Because um, I guess I would kind of agree with you. I I, I think we have, we have a larger purpose, which is broken up into smaller purposes. Um, and ultimately, it all does come down to love and all the ways we can express it and help other people express it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you can't see a whole picture if you don't see the little parts of it. Yeah. At least that's a, a, what, how it's explained to me. You see a large um, oil painting on the wall, and you go up and you look to the right of the oil painting, you look to the left, then you look at the big picture, um, and all of it is important to see um, because that that's what makes that oil painting the oil painting it is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And that's our life. Our life is one big oil painting. In in a do, way, do you
1: give people guidance who feel they're off track? Um, they they're they're just not they're not connected with their guides as they should be. They're they're um, they've had disasters in their lives that they may feel they helped to cause, and they're trying to kind of get their feet under them again. Do you do that kind of counseling?
2: I do, and the one thing that I do with that is there's no judgment. They they went off track. They did the wrong thing. They have to uh, accept that they did the wrong thing and then write it. And then there's no judgment because if you have judgment, they're not going to listen to you. So I sit back. I I get the information from my guides. I give it to them. Um, I watch their faces as they're receiving the information to see if they are uh, receiving it in the light that it's given. And and I know when they leave my house or when we hang up on the phone if they're going to take the information to heart or not. You, um, you, you I've say you watch
1: a, their face, but if if it's by a phone, you aren't able to watch their face then. You just sort of listen to their voice carefully?
2: I listen to their voice, yes, but I can get visions in my head as I'm doing the reading. Oh, okay. And then I tell them the visions that I'm seeing. For instance, I had a reading last night, and I had visions of a tall, thin man uh, who came to meet her husband after her husband passed. And I described him, and she knew exactly who he was. But I got the vision in my head. Oh, that's well, I got interesting! A, yeah, I got a vision of her uh, up to her um, up to her neck in in um, a bunch of boxes, and she said, "Yeah, she's been." through boxes in her garage and her husband said you know just be careful uh, with what you throw out or what you do he had some kind of for her about it
1: oh that's all right so so that kind of do you you have ongoing clients some people who sort of rely on you for a tune-up every so often
2: yes I do a lot of them I
1: I wouldn't I would not be at all surprised to hear that um yeah because it's it's very going through this is tough duty i I think people don't sufficiently appreciate what tough duty it is to be here because we're immersed in it all the time, and uh the blows are coming at us from every direction. It can be very. Very good, very strengthening. I was going to say comforting, but that's not the right word. Very strengthening to have someone who does have the ability to connect with our guides and with those, with our loved ones that we're not, are not in body. It can be very good and helpful to be able to, uh, get guidance from the people who love us, but they're not there to buck us up when we, when we need it. So, uh, I, I could think that would be a wonderful, wonderful way to spend your life giving people that kind of help.
2: Yes, and also people who have autistic people, uh, kids, or um, or, or uh, people who have Alzheimer's, uh, they also come to me and ask me questions because the person is still in their body, uh, but they have things they want to say but they can't, and uh, uh, that comes to mind as you're saying that because I just had that where uh, an autistic child. Wanted to tell her father something and couldn't, obviously. And so he would ask me questions of what's going through her mind and what she wants. And that helped him a lot um, deal with his daughter's um, problems as she gets older.
1: Wow. So how, how do you have time to brush your teeth with all that you're able to do to help people, all these different kinds of things? I'm amazed you have the time to chat with me, to tell you the truth. It it must you must be very busy.
2: Well, I am, uh, but I'm never too busy to. Uh, some people have to wait um, even two or three weeks, and I always feel bad about that because people want it right away. And, and so I do keep openings in case there's an emergency that someone feels. Um, but basically, uh, I can I can shut it off, which is a good thing. Okay, oh, that's yeah. it. Nobody can talk to me at 3 in the morning. I'm done. I'm sleeping. Don't wake
1: me. That's good that you're able to do that. Otherwise, it would be a very complicated life for you. Uh, Let's go back to talking about automatic writing, which will be... A primary focus, although I know not the primary uh, only focus of your um, work at the conference in July. Um, it, let's say I'm someone who goes to the conference and I really want to learn how to do automatic writing. I mean, people talk to me a lot, Irma, so I know there's much increased interest in it. Um, how many people roughly do you think have the ability to do it? Is it rare or is it something many people can develop?
2: I would think when, when I, when I do this work with people, I would say it's, um, it, it has to do with, uh, it, I can't draw a picture of a horse, but I can draw a horse. So it, it, it's how in tuned you are and what you're supposed to know. So I would say, a um, hundred set of, a hundred percent of the people will get some kind of scribbling. Um, only about 50% will be able to know what it says. Oh, that's interesting.
1: So so are you going to be able to sort of do a little course for people at the conference or, or coach people in getting started to doing this?
2: Well, what they'll do is they'll come into the room and they will be given a piece of paper and a pencil. Everybody will get one of those. Uh, we sit down and we do the five steps. I go over the five steps before we actually um, start to do anything. Uh, and relaxing is the preparation for automatic writing, just to be relaxed in a very uh, comfortable chair, having nothing else on your mind. I teach them how to do that because I do um, workshops for hypnosis past lives. Um, and I do that about three or four times a year. So I teach people how to relax through a hypnosis uh, similar to hypnosis. And then the second one, you have to ask your angels for help. He spoke about how do you know who's coming through. So um, the angels have to help you uh, in getting the right person through. And it might not be your Uncle Jack. It may be your your Aunt uh, Iris. Who knows? Um, because it's the person who really is emotional on the other side who needs to get something across to you.
1: And then uh, Irma, how to ask- Irma, I just have to say we're coming to the end of our time, and I, I this is a much there's much I I would like to have you back actually to talk with me further um in a month or two because this is this is an area where so many people are so interested and you are a fount of information, but we're coming to the end of our time. Um, Irma Slage, I R M A S L A G E dot com and you can contact her she does all kinds of psychic help with people and she could teach you to do automatic writing which is something i'm eager to learn um I, i that she is going to be one of the presenters uh, in the conference in July at, in Scottsdale. Uh, go to ASCSI.org, learn more about the conference. Um, she would be a reason to go, frankly, if you had no other reason. I think I would go just to hear more of Irma. But we're going to have her back again because there's a lot more I, to know, I frankly want to know. So thank you so much for being here, Irma. Wait, what are your books
2: again? Uh, They're uh, Psychic Encounters, A Guide to Having Your Own Spirit Contact, and Phases of Life After Death, Written in Automatic Writing, and you can find both of those on my website.
1: Okay, Irma Slage, S-L-A-G-E dot com, super. Meanwhile, I'm Roberta Grimes, my books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next on Amazon, and the first three of my seven Letters from Love novels, which are about what we're learning from the afterlife evidence, and they're frankly good love stories and good fantasies. The first is My Thomas, um, a novel of Martha Jefferson's life. The second is Letter from Freedom, and then there's Letter from Money. There's, they are, or they soon will be available on Amazon and at bookstores everywhere. Please join us next week. Our guest is the eminent Dr. Stafford Betty. His book, The Afterlife Unveiled, is a must read. Meanwhile, please join us at afterlifeforums.com and join the discussion there. And now go out and enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved.
0: You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.